0: a big point of emphasis on the fact that Jesus never changes. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the same yesterday, today, uh, and forever. Christ, by the way. When we see that uh, here um, in the book of Revelation, we can know that what is shown of Jesus here is, is reality, and, uh, and that Jesus never changes. And it is astounding to me, um, again, how invested Jesus is uh, in His church. And we saw, you know, for example, there in the, in the, in, at the church of Ephesus, the letter that He wrote there, and just His concern um, for the church uh, at Ephesus. Uh, we saw at the beginning of the chapter, These things saith He that holdeth the seven stars in His right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And each one of those uh, candlesticks represented one of the churches and the fact that Jesus walked in the midst uh, of them. And, and how he challenges that church, because he, because he loves the church at Ephesus, he challenges them to be a loving church. He challenges them to not be... Uh, that church that continues to not uh, walk in the fervor of the love that they had at one time and uh, why why does Jesus take the time to challenge them in that regard I mean what's the big deal well the big deal is that Jesus is concerned that a a local church represent him accurately did you hear me (laughs) Jesus is very concerned he is more invested than any of us in the church He is more interested than all of us put together in the the church. Jesus gave himself for the church. Jesus is the one who is building his church. And when Jesus sees sees a church, he's the head of the church, the Bible teaches, the book of Ephesians. When he sees that the body is not following his headship, that concerns him greatly. I mean, the same for you, right? I mean, if, if, you, if you, in your mind, you want to do certain things, but your body won't follow suit, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, you ha- maybe there's, there's something crippled about your body, which is the case sometimes with people. Uh, maybe they have an illness which is holding them back to a certain extent in their body. There's some sort of infirmity going on there. Maybe it's just because you're 54 years old and, you know, your, your body can't cash the checks you want to write anymore or however that saying goes. Uh, maybe that's just the case. Your head wants to do certain things. You think you can do it, but you can't anymore. But, you know, when it comes to the headship of Jesus Christ, if you have a body that's not functioning correctly, that's a big problem. That's the biggest problem that... There would be during the church age. And, and, and never forget that the church is the most important thing going on right now in the world. It's the only ultimate truth-bearer that, that affects people for eternity. And you all here are part of a local church. You are a body part that, that is supposed to be functioning under the headship of Jesus Christ. And so if the head discerns that there's something wrong with, with the rest of the body, what does the head want to do? It wants to find a solution for that. Right? We're the body of Christ. If there's problems, the head is going to, okay, sort that out, communicate it, right, to the rest of the body and get it right. It's as simple as that. And so you have seven churches that are being written to here by the one who, who understands the importance of the church, how vital that it is, and how important that that church be healthy. And, uh, and so... Um, you know, as we go through the, these, these, these 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 letters I mean there 's going to be things that are very they come really close to home these aren't these aren 't isolated things that would just be true of, of these churches and no other churches. These are things for us to benefit from today to look and say, okay you know um, there 's really nothing new under the sun, and uh, the problems of man are repetitive uh, we need to listen to what God is saying. We need to listen to the heart of Jesus, and we need to take into account how are we as individuals in a church following the headship of Jesus Christ, truly. How accurately are we representing his heart and his mind? Where are the things that we need to say, you know, Jesus, you're right. We, we are not doing well in that area. When Jesus says, you know, I, okay, you're doing good here, here, and here, Nevertheless, I have something against you. <laughs> Nevertheless, this is an area where you're not following, you know, my heart and mind. Um, we want to pay attention to that. We want to pay attention to that. And, and so, uh, you know, why do we invest so much in the church? Why do we come uh, here every Sunday to hear from, from God? Why do we, uh, you know, why, 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 do we, why do we give to the cause of, of the gospel? Um, why do we spend so much of our life you know, seeking to walk in God's will and see how it affects everything, have a biblical worldview? Well, because we come to understand that life goes pretty fast. We need to, we need to figure out why we're here and, and what it's all about, and we need to get with the program when it comes to that. I mean, I you know, just made a joke about 54 years old, and, and I'm sure you figured out why I use that, that, uh, that figure in particular, And I think about that sometimes, you know. I mean, the way the years are clicking by right now, you start to toss around these numbers in in your mind. um, Twenty years, and the years—I mean, twenty years when I was when I was ten years old. I think about twenty years, and it seemed like you know, forever. I mean, that's twenty years, man. I mean, for me to even think about being thirty, that just seemed like way out there in the in the in the future, infinity and beyond, right? Now 20 years, (laughs) I'm thinking in 20 years I'm going to be almost 75 years old. Um, Wow. They're going by really quick. (laughs) Slow down. We don't have to be be done with April, you know, halfway through April. already. Just slow down a little bit. I don't want the years to go by as quick as they are. But the, the fact of the matter is that life is a vapor. It goes by really quick. We only have a certain amount of time to invest. Whatever our age is right now, Jesus is saying to us, get under my headship, get with the program, get with what is really important right now while you still can. <laughs> All right, Philbrick, you're 54 years old, you're not getting more spry than you used to be. You know, do what you can right now because you don't know how much time you have left. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, we don't like to think about this, but we could drive out of here today and and somebody could come flying from the wrong direction and we don't even see him coming, and that could be our last day on earth. All right? If God extends our days beyond today, don't we want to say, I want to invest those those days the best that I can by God's grace and by God's mercy uh, for His purposes? Having a good attitude, having the joy of the Lord, uh, seeing the purpose for it, saying, you know, hey, look, there's no quote-unquote perfect church but there's a perfect savior and his will is perfect and god's word is perfect and we're going to do everything we can as a church to come into conformity with what he's trying to show us in this day and age and if you do find a church out there somewhere don't go and ruin it all right um because look we're just all here we're looking to 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 try to figure out what, what does jesus have for us we're all made out of the same stuff we're, we're here, if you're a member of this church, it's because hopefully you've understood that, look, this is a place where we, just kind of te- we can team up with others to, to serve the Lord and to follow Jesus. And when we have that attitude and that approach, I'll tell you, you know, it's refreshing and it's, it's, it's exciting to see what God uh, can do. And so what is he doing with these churches? Well, he's writing to them and he's saying, all right, let's talk, okay? Let's see what needs to be done here. Let's regroup a little bit in some areas. Let's continue in some things that, 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 that you are, you know, that you're doing great in and some other things, uh, not so much, and we'll get those right. And look, if God is still, this is, this is what's encouraging about these letters. If God is talking to us, then there's still hope, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, sometimes when I, when I get convicted of God, I start feeling really miserable and I start to get pretty discouraged, and I started maybe even to get a little despondent and maybe let those thoughts creep in or just a little bit. What's the use? You know, what, you know, What's it even? No, look, if God is still working in our hearts, then he wants to give you a solution. If God is still pinpointing things where he, he says, look, you need to get back on track here, then he gives you repentance. He gives you, like it says over and over again in these letters, all right, stop. Think about this get it right agree with me take my truth to heart and turn in the other direction um so that i can uh, i can bless you in that and so that i can as it says you know at the end of each one of these letters i got something special for those that for those that have that approach i got something special for you you know a lot of times just me and you just just and you and uh, sometimes we gauge we gauge whether we're being successful as a christian by what we're getting from other people, you know, um, by what we're benefiting of just materially or, or even um, in, in, in certain relationships, you know, that God is just going to say, all right, you're, 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 you're following me, so I'm just going to wave this little thing over you, and your whole life here on earth is, is just going to be yippee, hooray, wonderful. That's how we gauge it. Right. Right. God wants us to come to that place where we can find the sweet spot in our life day by day in our relationship with Him. Having Him be our total satisfaction and completeness. And seeking first the kingdom of God, <laughs> knowing then that all these things will be added unto you, God will take care of everything that you need. You know, all the things that you get consumed with that you can't really control. You get fixated on. Are you ever like that? You're like me that way, right? I mean, you spend the most time thinking about, worrying about, fretting about the things you can't really control. And, and you, 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 uh, you, you wrestle and you, and, you, and you struggle and you try to find these solutions to this and you just keep focusing on that, keep focusing on that, keep focusing on that. And the whole time God is saying, okay, when are you going to get to the point? when you realize that you can't fix all those things, you can't control all those things, why don't you do the one thing that you can control, which is the best thing that there is anyways, why don't you focus on loving me? Seeking first my kingdom. Focusing on your relationship with me. That which nothing can ever take away from you. And is more beneficial to you ultimately than everything else put together. (laughs) And, uh, and, 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 And so... You know, we get so distracted from those things. So, just the heart of Jesus, uh, the heart of Jesus, and so we get here uh, to verse um, 18. Verse 18, and it says, "And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write." Now, we don't worship angels. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't give laud to angels. Um, in fact, there's instances in the Bible where people started to do that and the angel said, hey, please don't do that. <laughs> like, the, you know, uh, the last time we heard about an angel accepting adoration, okay, and then didn't go real well for, for him, all right? And, uh, and, and so, you know, but we appreciate angels. Why? Because they're messengers and they are also on, uh, envoys from God, which within the spiritual battle, a lot of times they take care of things that we can't see. And it is, it is pretty cool to think of that, 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 that there's angels, you know, that are especially commissioned uh, for churches. I believe that. And, and, but on the other hand, the reason why is because it's a spiritual battle there. We need to take that seriously as well. So every one of these churches is under attack, you know, by the, the enemy that wants to undermine God's work. It says unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God. The Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, we do look to you now. Uh, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, asking you to work through your word, that you'd help me as the messenger of it, Lord, just to encourage these people today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Son of God, the Son of God. You know, when people were, were in the midst, when they were in the presence of the Son of God and he claimed to be the Son of God, they knew what that meant. They knew what that meant. It wasn't just a figurative thing. It wasn't just saying, you know, I'm here in God's name. They knew that he, had, that he was making claims of deity himself. He knew that association to, 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 uh, to God the Father, you know, what he was saying. And, 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 and so don't let that term be diminished in impact when you hear it. The Son of God. And it's the Son of God here who's writing uh, um, this letter. It's the same Son of God, the God who, who uh, became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Um, this is Jesus, the Son of God. And then it says this who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Thyatira was another, another one of these cities. It was greatly known for its idolatry, and, uh, and in conjunction with the idolatry, and maybe it seems like this is coming a lot in the passages we've been preaching uh, lately, but it, you know, it, it, it's because the Bible knows how the devil uses this particular thing as, as a stronghold in people's lives. But in Thyatira, the, the customs were, and what was called the perverted worship, was a lot of it had to do with temple prostitution. And in these idolatrous settings, um, there, was, there was just immorality, and the, 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 the prostitution setting all in the name of religion that was going on there um, was just, from what I read, it was just, it, it was incredible, and, and uh, it, it, it was something that, you know, was, was obviously vile in the eyes of God. It was the furthest thing from what God would have for worship that we could think of, and uh, but that was what was going on in Thyatira. And it is interesting in that, in that setting that it says that the Son of God hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire. And you remember from chapter uh, 1, I think it was verse uh, maybe 14. Yeah, in chapter 1, verse 14, when it described that John seeing Jesus, it says his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes, what? Were as a flame of fire. And then it says, and his feet unto Fine brass. And for each one of the letters that's written to the churches here, it starts out with this introduction of the one who's writing it, and it uses one of those descriptions from chapter from chapter one. And and here it's using the, the eyes of fire. And you think of the wickedness that's going on in the world, and sometimes as human beings, I mean we don't even want to hear the extent of it, but sometimes we get discouraged by the extent of what we do here, right? And and we think maybe thoughts a little bit along this line is like when is God gonna deal with all of this? Why does God let this go on like this? You ever think thoughts like that? Well, look, God sees it all. And when he gives this description here of Jesus, and it says that his eyes are as flames of fire, eyes like unto a flame of a fire, that is, that is something that is, that, is, that is piercing. That is something that is discerning. That is something that takes it all in and consumes it all. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the one ultimately unto whom all judgment is given. He is the righteous judge. One day the Bible says that Jesus is going to rule uh, with a rod of iron. And he is going to to rule in an uncompromising fashion according to that which is just and righteous and and correct. What a wonderful time that's going to be. And that Jesus here says, look, in the city that you're in, I see it all. But look, we can't have it both ways because we can't have this attitude of, like, hey, isn't God seeing everything that's going on in the world here? And isn't God paying attention to it? We can't have that desire and then not realize that God, also, that same God, sees everything that's going on in our lives. Right? And, and a lot of times we're thinking, man, that's terrible, and I can't believe that's going on. I can't believe God isn't dealing with that. But then when God is looking into your heart and into your life, and He wants to deal with some things with you, you know, we're a little more standoffish when it comes to that concept. We're not quite as interested in Him dealing with us as we are, you know, dealing with this, uh, this kind of this uh, more nebulous thought of, of the world out there, <laughs> right? And, and look, the, the church is called salt and light. That's what the church is called. As Christians, we're supposed to be salt and light. That's what Jesus said. It's not up to the world to be salt and light. You know, the reason why the Bible says judgment needs to first happen in the household of God is, is because we're the ones that are supposed to be the influencers. And if you have this diminished light in the church, then what hope does the world have? You see, you are not God just to kind of fix the whole world. Well, God's saying, look, i got a plan for you to be an impact on the world. You've got a responsibility to play in that. You're to be salt, an influencer and a preservant upon the world. You're to be a light that, that, is, that, is, that is put in a place that is very visible. It's not hid under a, a something. And, and, and a light that's diminished. A light that's obscured. And how is the light obscured? Well, the light was obscured in these churches by disobedience. The light was obscured in these churches by those who, who, who really you know, didn't have a, a strong desire to say, in any area of my life, Lord, and certainly in our church, help us to do your will. Help us to truly be under your leadership. And, uh, and so, look, we don't have to worry about the fact God sees it all. And His eyes are penetrating. <laughs> He sees into our very motives. He sees into our very harsh desires. He knows exactly why we're here today. He knows everything that's going on in our lives. And certainly he knows everything in the world, and he has a plan that will go on unhindered, and it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Well, look, just like we said earlier, you can't change the whole world, but you know what you can do? You can be salt and light where God has put you. You can be that. And a lot of times we're so worried about what's going on all around us that we forget what role we're supposed to be playing, right? And, uh, and, 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 and we complain about this thing, and we talk about terrible this thing, and we curse this darkness, and the whole time Jesus is saying, well, okay, like, yeah, that's true. But why don't we talk, you and I, about some things that are going on with you right now. we're going to be talking about some things as a church here that are going on in the state of Maine that maybe we can do a difference with. And and there's some things that are disturbing and concerning. But ultimately what we are to be mainly concerned about is what is going on in our lives in our church. Are we effective under the leadership of Jesus Christ to spread the gospel, which is the truest need of mankind? Society's ills will not be cured without God's truth. It doesn't matter how much we lobby, how many signs we wave, how many events we show up at, and all those things can be good things. But if people aren't transformed by life-giving truth, that pertains to a living Savior who has a living church, which is His body and instrument through which life-giving uh, water and, and bread and sustenance is to be given to the world. If those things are not happening, then all we're doing is, you know, we're trying, we're trying to, to, to quickly polish the exterior or something while the motor is blowing up, Right? We're trying, to, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to, to just bring some temporary remedies to bear just to make something look better for a while when that ship is sinking. You see what I'm saying? And, uh, and so Jesus is dealing with the church here. Jesus deals with the church. <laughs> and he says in verse uh, uh, number 19, he says, I know thy works. Now his feet are like fine brass. Jesus is holy, he's pure. He is not to be moved. He's not to be swayed by the opinions of mankind. He's not not manipulated. He doesn't go with the times. He doesn't check and see what's the popular opinion and get on board with that. You know, what Jesus is, is he, he is firmly in place as the way, the truth, and the life. And he will be standing after it all crumbles. He will be standing. And uh, he says, look, I, I know thy works. Now, these are good, this is good stuff here. He says, look, um, in, in the church there at Thyatira, he says, your works, he says, your, your charity. Your charity. You know what charity is? Charity is, is love that gives. It's love that gives. Now, was, it, was there something good going on in, in uh, Thyatira? Well, yeah, there was a church here that, uh, that was not just talking about love, but was actually demonstrating it. It was showing in, in in very practical ways. They had charity going on there, and I mean the, the Bible does say, you know how they'll know you first through your love. Um, well, what about uh, what about our music? Shouldn't they know us first by our music? No, the Bible says by our love. Okay, well what about What about the Bible translation issue? Shouldn't they know us by that, first of all? No, the Bible says by our love. Okay, well, you know, um, what about our church affiliation? We're independent fundamental Baptists. Shouldn't that be our biggest distinction? No, the Bible says they'll know you first by your love, okay? And so the church at Thyatira had something right here. They were a charitable church. They were a church that somebody could look at and say, you know, that church obviously uh, believes in something that, that, that... is practical because they're willing to act upon it in the way that they, that they manifest uh, lo- love to others. And, uh, and so it talks about that there. And then it says, I know your works, Jesus says, and, and, and your service, and your service. And so this was a serving church. They were active, we might say, in and, and faith. And, and so they, they, were, they were a church that, that, you know, that, that it was important to them to, to emphasize faith. And, and, and that would tell me they probably preached salvation by grace through faith. Right and and they talked they talked about uh, trusting God, so these are all great things. And thy patience. In other words, they'd been through some hard times, but they'd stuck it out. They had some endurance. They had some long suffering. You know what interrupts your patience? I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot for me, <laughs> right? And uh, but they had been they through some difficulties and they they had endured. And so in a lot of ways, we look at this an admirable church in thy works, and, and the, the last to be more than the first. In other words, they were growing in their programs, and in their work, they were growing, they were a growing uh, church. But then here's this, this, this verse, the beginning of verse 20. It says, notwithstanding. Now, that's a very important transitional word here because it means this. With all of these things being true, what I'm going to say now is also true. True. Now, again, you know, I can't help but make personal application here because this is the way that I tend to be. Instead of going on from the notwithstanding part, I like to go back to what comes before and say, yeah, but I I mean, I got this right and I've got this right and I've got this right and I've got this right. I mean, doesn't that kind of like Cut me some slack. Can't we just focus on that? I'm still a good Christian, Lord. Okay, Jesus says, all right, you know, I'm not saying that that those things aren't good, but but Mark, notwithstanding all of those things, let's talk about this now. Why do we get so defensive (laughs) when the term notwithstanding comes to the Lord? From the Lord to our lives. Why do, we get so, why do we get so defensive at that point? Now, like we would like to focus on other people. Sometimes God is saying, notwithstanding, and he wants to start talking about something. And so then we start comparing ourselves to others. Well, the Bible says that's not wise. So don't do that. Well, then we might say, well, not what God says, notwithstanding. We're saying, well, that just comes from a certain preacher, or you know, that just that that's just that's just people judging me. Um, you know, and 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 that's a, that's not really important. But look, if Jesus says, notwithstanding, and He wants to talk about something specifically to you, shouldn't we listen to that? Now, I'm going to tell you this: we're we're gonna we're gonna wait for the rest of what comes after the notwithstanding until next week, or whenever I get to preach next, but I'll tell you this. There was, what was going on there in that church was the same spirit of what goes on in a lot of churches today and in the hearts of individuals today that people refuse to deal with and churches refuse to deal with because they're, they're, they're focused too much on that which comes before the notwithstanding. And they're thinking that they got it all going on great because they're a loving church, because there's a lot of activity in that church, because the church is growing. They think everything is perfect and everything is fine, even though there's something uh, uh, um, that's, that's, that's terrible that comes after the notwithstanding, there's something that's very destructive there. There's something that's going to ultimately undermine all of which came before that. Now look, if you're focusing on that which comes before the notwithstanding and you're refusing to acknowledge that there's something that that comes after that that could undermine and destroy all of that that you're focusing on, wouldn't that be a foolish thing to do? That's exactly what Jesus is going to say to this church. He's going to say, notwithstanding, he's going to talk about some specific, some specific things, and he's going to say to them, if those aren't dealt with, your effectiveness is going to be destroyed. And the very definition of what you're supposed to be is, 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 is going to be um, made nothing. <clears throat> so God works in our churches. He also works in our own hearts. And part of the challenge is today to certainly be encouraged when God says, look, you're doing you're doing, and you're obeying me in these areas, and your heart is right in, the, in these areas. But to be willing at that point for him to say, but let's go on to some things in which we need to make some changes. Never feel like you've gone so far. Where you would not be willing to ask God if there's a point in which He can take you further. Why? Because we don't have a whole lot of time to do it. And we want to be as effective as we can in the time that we do have. Because there is one entity on earth right now that offers real solutions to man's problems, and that is the Church of Jesus Christ, a true biblical church which is salt and light for the world that desperately needs him. What is the church made up of? It's made up of you, Christian. <laughs> it's made up of you. It's a lot easier to think about how others are making the church deficient many times than to get real about how maybe we we can listen to God's voice, be more clear in our lives. Let's pray.